Now I have to tell you that even though August can be a perfect time to take a vacation, not everyone chooses to leave our fair city at this time. So, for those of us staying in this month, we will gather each week and take a collective conscious vacation from those attitudes and beliefs that keep us from expressing the fullness of the divine that we came on this earth plane to express. Singing. We came here to be like the peacock and to express God's love, to be God's light, and to live God's truth. One of Ernest Holmes' One of Ernest Holmes' most famous sayings was, change your thinking and change your life, a phrase which Wayne Dyer brought to even larger audiences with the PBS special a few years ago by the same name. And Myrtle Fillmore once wrote, all thought is formative. All thought has its effects in our lives. So as we take a vacation from unsupportive thinking and thought this month, we can and will change our lives. Try it every day. I tried it this morning. I have some stumbling blocks like all the rest of you do. And I'm trying. Just let yourself do it. This morning, I want to look at a a term coined by author Victoria Castle in her book, The Trance of Scarcity. Irene Castle believed that for the most part, humankind is in this trance. In her book, she explores her ideas about this trance, which I will use today as a resource for our exploration. Is this true? Are we living in a trance of scarcity? Well, In working with lots and lots and lots of people over my years of ministry, and frankly, in looking at what I sometimes believe and how I sometimes behave, I have to agree with her. Many of us do live in such a trance, either full-time or part-time. And this trance has two key words, not enough. And these two key words take two forms. The I am form and the there is form. I am not enough. I'm not enough good, smart, rich, educated, young, old, thin, heavy, worthy, successful, creative, deep, talented, and on and on. Or there is not enough. There's not enough time, money, opportunity, love, cooperation, power, health, peace, joy, and so on. Quite honestly, this prevailing premise of not enough, or not enoughness, as we're going to call it this morning, cripples us. It robs us of our passion, of our vitality, and of our very life force. When we are in the not enough mode, we certainly are not able to express God's love 
because there's not enough. We're not able to be God's light because we're not enough. Or to live God's truth because when we're in that mode, that, that trance, we don't even know what God's truth means. The not enough mode flies in the face of the master teacher, Jesus' bold premise when he said, therefore, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Pretty big words. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. There's no not enough in that statement, is there? Nonetheless, we blindly and quite loyally stick to our beliefs of not enough, like they were adhered to us with superglue, Author Richard Bach once wrote, Argue for your limitations, and they are yours. Pretty powerful, huh? No truer words could be spoken. As a race, human race that is, we have so long lived with the belief that we are not enough, and there is not enough, that for much of the time and for the most part, this has become our experience. Bernard Leiter sounding very much like a new thoughter, and who knows, maybe he is, and who is an economist, a co-designer of the single European currency system and author of The Future of Money, wrote, if a society is afraid of scarcity, let me say that again, if a society is afraid of scarcity, it will actually create an environment in which it manifests well-grounded reasons to believe in fear of scarcity. What do you think of that? Let's make that statement personal. I want you to take this right in here with you. If I am afraid of scarcity, I will actually create an environment in which I manifest well-grounded reasons to live in fear of scarcity. Notice you're not just saying, well, I'm going to say this. No, you're saying a well-founded, well grounded reason to live in the fear of scarcity. So today, today we'll take a vacation from scarcity thinking or wake up from this trance of scarcity so that we can stop manifesting well-grounded reasons to live in fear of scarcity. Oh, how we do that so that we can begin to live the master teacher's promise and so that we can more fully and more powerfully express God's love. Be God's light and live God's truth. Because that is what we are here to do. Sound good to you? Sounds good to me. I want to do that by 
suggesting three spiritual tools that you can use to take a permanent vacation from scarcity thinking. And we'll call them, one, take a reality check. Two, open your eyes. And three, give till it feels good. Well, take a reality check. Several years ago, Lenidra Carroll, the mother of musician Jewel, wrote a book entitled The Architecture of All Abundance. And in it, she shares a powerful, powerful experience. This experience was specifically around financial needs, but it can apply to any not enough thinking. Leonidra was a a single mother with severe health challenges. She'd not been able to work for a while, and her finances had dwindled to practically nothing. While she practiced what we would call new thought tools, prayer, affirmations, meditations, etc., she was not manifesting money and was not getting very, very much going except to be very, very afraid. How would she pay her rent? How would she make her car payment? How would she buy groceries, get the medical help she needed? One day, she was in panicked prayer. Anyone here ever been in panicked prayer? Yeah, you know what I mean, don't you? In this panicked prayer, she said to God, look, I've done everything I know to do. I've prayed, I've affirmed, I've meditated, etc., etc., and nothing, nothing is happening. I'm almost out of money, and I don't know what else to do. She was in tears, and definitely in panic. Suddenly, she heard a voice inside her head. Pay attention, boys and girls. It was a strong, calm, solid voice. It said to her, Lenidra, Pray for what you need now. She replied, I am. The rent is due in two weeks. The car payment is due next week. I need medical help and we're almost out of food. The voice said again in its calm tone, pray for what you need now. Beginning to get irritated, Lenidra cried, I am. I have been. The voice said one more time, pray what you need now. I must be missing the point, she said, after contemplating this for a few minutes. I think I have been doing this. What am I missing, overlooking, not getting? I've been praying for next month's rent for my car payment due in just two weeks. And she began to feel the panic well up in her again. Be still. Still yourself. Listen. Pray for what you need now. But I am, she said, and then paused. I need my rent for next month, my car payment. Now, the voice said. What? I now. You mean now? Right now, this very now, while we are talking? With that, Lenidra realized that in that moment, that precise very moment, she 
needed absolutely nothing. She was perfectly provided for. She had shelter, food, clothes on her back. She wrote on page 61 of her book, A Silence Opens Up. I fall headlong into it. A rush of understanding floods my being. I have the extraordinary sensation of having no need, being absolutely free of need. Throwing my head back, I laughed aloud at the simplicity of it. My chest expands with the breath of it. My heart pumps fully with the ease of it. The moment expands, and I weep at this freedom from crushing need. She writes that she disciplined herself to live from that expanded place over the next several weeks, and miracles started to unfold for her. At the post office, a stranger asked if she would consider trading her truck for his car, and suddenly she had no car payment. A neighborhood gardener began to support her with an overflow of fresh food. And the city tourism office inquired if she would like to rent rooms in her historic house, which covered the house payment each month. Think about this. What do you need right now? When we do a reality check, and notice that's with a capital R on reality, and realize that we need nothing right now. Right now we have everything that we could possibly need. We begin to wake up from the trance of scarcity and start to create from a different space. Not only for ourselves, but for our world. Then, when we wake up from the trance of scarcity, we help the world wake up. In The Science of Mind, Ernest Holmes wrote at page 301, we live in mind, and it can return to us only what we think into it. No matter what we do, law will always obtain. If we are thinking of ourselves as poor and needy, as not enough, then mind has no choice but to return what we have thought into it. It is done unto you as you believe. Thoughts of failure, limitation, or poverty are negative for our lives and must be counted out for all time. God has given us a power, and we must use it. We can do more towards saving the world by proving this law than all that charity has ever given to it. Think about that. I'm going to say it again. We can do more towards saving the world by proving this law than all that charity has ever given to it. And that is what we are doing with this reality check activity. Open your eyes. The truth is, the spiritual truth is, there is more than enough of everything. The truth is, the spiritual truth is that you are a divine expression of infinite perfection. 
So where is the not enough in there? The truth is, the spiritual truth is, there is sufficiency for all our wants, needs, requirements, and dreams. We may be enough at times to see it, but it is there. And we may at times be unable at times to see it, but it is there. Because we cannot always see that there is enough, we suffer a peculiar blindness that is robbing us of our satisfying quality of life, one that includes ease and abundance. There is a way out of the blind spots and into the infinite flow of the abundant life. Just open your eyes. Become conscious of the good in your life. 90% of our life is good right now. Are you focusing on that or the 10% that you perceive to be not enough? Most of us focus on the things that need more improvement, mistakes that were made, and, and the areas of life that are not working well. And this spiritual tool says to open your eyes to the enoughness all around. Isn't that a great word? Enoughness. There's so many times in life that we do not practice enoughness. We do not believe we have that feeling, that perfect, perfect example of enoughness. Give. Give till it feels good. You know, we're so used to hearing, give till it hurts. Well, give till it feels good. When was the last time you gave enough so that you could feel good? When was the last time you went out of your way to help someone? A wise woman was traveling in the mountains and she found a precious, extremely valuable stone in the stream. The next day she met another traveler who was hungry. The wise woman opened her bag to share her food. The hungry traveler saw the precious stone and asked the woman to give it to him. He did so without hesitation. The traveler left rejoicing in his good fortune because he knew The the stone was worth enough to give him security for the rest of his life. But a few days later, he came back to return the stone to the wise woman. Sounds a little funny, doesn't it? I've been thinking, he said. I know how valuable this stone is, but I want to give it back to you in the hope that you will give me something even more precious. And what is it that you want? The wise woman asked. The traveler replied, I want whatever you have within you that enabled you to give away this precious stone. What she had was freedom from the trance of scarcity. But the bigger question is, 
Was she able to give away the stone because she was free of the trance, or did she become free of the trance because she gave away the stone? I'd say yes, (laughs) because those two things work together. Being a giver to life moves us out of the trance. Being a giver to life keeps us out of the trance because of the concept of cognitive dissonance. Ever heard of it? We can't live in the trance and be a giver. Not possible. The theory of cognitive dissonance says that we are incapable of having our actions and our thought beliefs out of alignment. They must be in harmony. If they aren't, one of them has to change. For example, if we are engaging in a behavior that we believe is wrong, we will shift our behaviors to make it right. Conversely, if we have a belief that is not enough, yet practice generosity and sharing on a regular, ongoing basis, the belief of not enough cannot live in us. It will have to change to be belief in enough. What we do for another, we do for ourselves. As we lift another up, we lift ourselves up. And as we lift ourselves up, we raise the consciousness of the universe. Ralph Waldo Emerson, often said to be the father of new thought, once said, Every man takes care that his neighbor shall not cheat him, but a day comes when he begins to care that he does not cheat his neighbor. Then all goes well. He has changed his market cart to a chariot of the sun. In discovering a richer life, Ernest Holmes wrote, The universe is abundant unlimited in every respect. If it were not unlimited, it would have depleted itself long, long ago. Life would have exhausted itself. Law would have ceased to function. Love would have lost its power to harmonize and to heal. And thought and consciousness would have retreated to instinctive reaction. Instead, What do we do? The fish in the ocean lays so many eggs that if they all hatched, the waters would overflow all the lowlands. The stars in the heavens are beyond counting. The grains of sand on the beach are innumerable. The leaves on the trees continue to multiply. Nature is lavish, abundant, extravagant. I'd like you to try something now. We're going to try a little, a little thing to look at ourselves and our lives and what we can do to change our world. So if you would, close your eyes, be comfortable. Try not to go to sleep. Imagine you're walking in open country. You come upon a vast circle in an expansive, fertile field. Streams and springs 
are lingering and flowing into this sunny area, providing the optimal environment for life to flourish. This is not a circle made by human hands. Rather, it's a zone where the energy of the universe flows without restriction. The circle is not made or run by people, though everyone and everything is included in it. You have your own permanent place here. Just looking around, smelling the fresh scent of the natural world, feeling the sun on your skin, it feels good to be here. The circle is home to a flow of satisfying relationships, meaningful work, inspired learning, endless resources and opportunities, laughter and creativity, and a prevailing sense of ease. Remember a time when you felt carefree, safe, energized, and happy. Maybe maybe building a fort with some friends as a kid or, or dancing with your sweetheart. That's the feeling you have in this circle. A pervasive sense of glad assurance. In the circle, life is not a series of obstacles to overcome. It's a steady flow of possibilities. Possibilities. Always around you. There is no fence around this circle. No admission gate. No entrance fee. Regardless of your age, your weight, the color of your skin, your gender, your education, your nationality, your financial status, or other people's opinions of you, you already belong here. No person or condition has the power to keep you out. You alone can take yourself out of the circle. But your place will always be reserved for you. Your place in the circle never expires. If you leave, it's simply vacant until you return. So come on in. Or you may find that you don't have to move at all. The circle expands to include you. The circle can be as spacious or cozy as you like. Set down all the baggage you've been carrying. Isn't it nice to be rid of that burden? Your shoulders relax. You take a deep breath. And your back uncoils. The tension begins to subside in your stomach and your neck. It's like getting into a hot tub after a long, rainy trudge on a winter's day. When you're ready, take time to wander all over the circle until you find the spot you like best. You can stand, sit, lie down, walk, turn cartwheels, whatever you choose to do. The nature of the circle is 
flow. And you are part of that flow wherever you are and whatever you do within the circle. There is nothing here that you must force or control. And remember, there's no way to earn your way into the circle because you already belong. Stepping into the circle isn't determined by your worthiness. It depends solely on your consent. Give yourself permission to open up to all that Spirit wishes to give you. Give yourself active permission to grow and participate in love, in life, in forgiveness, in hope, in joy, in abundance, in all of those wonderful things. Give yourself consent to have them. The talk of, oh, I don't deserve that, is gone now. You deserve it completely. Let yourself feel that power within you, moving around you, circling your head, flowing through your body, bringing you health, life, abundance, and joy. And feel the beautiful peace of the Santa Anita Church moving in you, through you, and helping you to grow. So let it be. And so it is. Amen.